Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I am joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. And how's it going, Chad? It's been a couple weeks here. You feeling any better after our our loss in the playoffs? Uh, you know, I'm 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 kind of over it. Like I was telling you before we started recording. It's it's weird to to watch games and it's very less stressful to watch games, playoff games where your team's not involved. And now don't get me wrong, I I wish we would have went to the the playoff final. Obviously, we probably would have had seven Stonewall pins and still wouldn't have had one awarded, aka Huddersfield had like two or three. Um, but yeah, it's weird, but I do miss watching the blades on Saturday mornings. It's, it's really weird. And I so I have this empty hole in my heart and it's like, Oh, I want the blades back. How are you Noah? I, I'm doing well. Um, you know, it's, it's good to be, if you're going to be beaten in a playoff semifinal, it's good to be beaten by the team that eventually does go up and wins the, uh, the playoff final. But at the same time, after, you know, what happened, after our our playoff semifinal that second leg it just feels like so unkarmatic that those lot went up you know yeah after after the multiple assaults on united players and you know it just is so shitty that that those fans were rewarded for their their shit behavior basically yeah i mean i just kind of alluded to it you know forest are the Sheffield United of now, you know, how when we went up, it was this miraculous come from League One all the way up to the Prem. Now they've been in they've been in League One or League One and the championship and haven't been in the top flights in for 23 years. So let them have their day in the sun. They'll probably have to splash a lot of cash and maybe Steve Cooper will find a different job before next season. I doubt he'll leave. Forest team that he brought up, but I don't know, man. I, I just don't feel very confident in them. And it, all these podcast people I listen to, they're all high on Forest. Oh, they're going to stay up. They're easily going to stay up. I just don't see it. They had too many loan players. And unless they're going to try and buy some of those loan players, it's not going to work. They're going to have to pull from different teams and they're going to have to loan more players in. So yeah. I think we'll see them back in the championship and a year's time speaking of which um i mean it, it came out that forest had put in an offer to united for max low and i think it was a real low ball offer uh-huh. <laughs> ha ha um at two million two million quid for max low i mean wow. i did i think we didn't we pay five million both for him and Jaden bogle if memory serves correctly from darby i think so yeah i don't I don't remember. Maybe for some reason seven comes to my head. So it might have been set five or seven. I don't really remember how much that was because it was they were like a package deal. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I think he's valued probably at more than that, especially considering that they're you know now a prem side and uh, they've got the money. They've certainly got the money to burn. Just he, you know, based on on yeah. Go ahead. He's he's worth like I think sixty million now. Who? Oh, <laughs> Max Lowe. Yeah, because he's because because Forrest are prem team, that, so they got all kinds of money. So... He's worth he's worth like sixty million. 
that was so deadpan. Um, I, you, you even had me fooled, Chad. <laughs> Normally, my sarcasm detection is is pretty good, but yeah, sixty million at least, if not maybe yeah. you know like eighty million, something like that. I mean, the good news is I think a lot of the Forest fans are saying you know Garamin and everything, so maybe we could get. I don't want to say a King's ransom, but you know, I, I'd take six million for him. Yeah, I mean, I'd, that, I'd take anything for him. That's the well. I I don't I don't know about that. I think there's a player there. Obviously, I think he's yeah. probably a decent player. But you know, he just didn't he didn't start for United really a lot. And I just think we kind of are good with Reese Norrington Davies and Stevens like basically fighting for that position. If either one of those players didn't have that position, like I don't want to say nailed down. If either Stevens or Reese Norrington Davies were you know, utter, in my opinion, utter crap, I'd say that, well, we have an argument to keep Max low. But I think both of those players can play at least solidly championship football in that position. Yeah, without a doubt. And the whole thing is, is you got to look at when Max Lowe got loaned out. It was under Slav. So, of course, he wasn't going to fit into Slav's type formation. And now since Hecky came in, he probably would do pretty well in our system. And I'd, I mean – I'm down to keep him, honestly, and see what he's got, you know, through preseason, maybe a couple early games in in next year's season, and maybe he wins that spot. I mean, all the hubbub, I mean, at force is, hey, he's this, you know, world beater. So, I don't know. I'd like to take a gamble on him, just give him – a little bit of a run out, but they'll probably do some good business and get rid of them. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if we can prey on, you know, the fact that now that forests have gone up, that they're flush with cash, that then maybe we can get five, six million for them. That would be, that would go a long way to signing a couple of, you know, halfway decent players who might not be starting quality, but might be good coming off the bench for United next United next season. Yeah. But is Max Lowe a Premier League player? Is Max Lowe a Premier League player? Is he has not. played. He has played Premier League. Yeah, so. but not very much. Yeah, that's true. I mean, no, that's, so that's true. I mean, yeah, they're not going to pay like super outrageous amount of money for him, obviously. But it's just one of those deals where you, where you have to question. Okay, you know, hey, Force is doing the doing the business. So if they want to pay it for him, obviously they see that he has that type caliber of talent. And he can exploit that league next year and, you know, hey, all power to him if they want him. But I don't know. I'd like to see what what could happen. And, you know, maybe this is part of what our our ownership or whatever it was. You know, they did that press conference saying, hang on, fans, we're going to we're going to spend money in the summer. So hopefully we have a few goings out and a bunch comings in. Yeah, I mean, I. I can say that I'm going to spend 10 bob and it's it's still spending money. Yeah, right. <laughs> upgrades so, I, upgrades to the training pitch. I that I did like to hear. I mean, it's only yeah. 2 2 million quid granted, but they are updating the training grounds and that I mean that it's been said, the rumors have been for for years now that the training ground is what's contributed to injuries. Yeah. So that in and of itself I think is 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 a win you know but um yeah i think we're definitely going to need to bring in a couple of permanent players at least two 
I like and over the summer. I'm I'm not talking about during the transfer the transfer window because you know it's a it's a scramble during the transfer window. We always try to do business on the last fucking day of the transfer window, and I mean we get we get boned a lot of the time. You know, mm-hmm. we overpay. We overpay. Yep. So yep. we need to while we have the time now that the window did open. Let's go. Let's let's go because we're. It's going to be a shortened. Well, no, it'll still run its normal course, even though we start the season earlier this year. But you know, let's do some business so we have our players going into preseason camp and we get everything in order, so we're not scrambling at the start of the season, being like, "Oh, we need to find a couple more players in this spot." I like to see us do our business ahead, and you have to know the heck he's probably turned into who he wants. You know, a couple of players, hey, I want this guy, I want this guy. Hopefully most of them are permanent signings and not this loan crap we had to deal with last year. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's just quickly just break down a couple of the players that have left now that the season has ended. Philip with an F. I mean, we I, we always knew it was going to be a, a short-term loan, basically. He's now joined Berlin, I think. Oh, Berlin? really? Berlin? Yeah. Oh. So wow. I haven't. It sounded like there was too much legal tape to go through with the whole, you know, Ukraine Russia deal, and obviously the other teams wanted to go through more of the legal paperwork than we did. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, Berlin, Hertha Berlin, uh, as a very, very casual follower of the Bundesliga, you know, they're not an amazing team. You know, they're no Bayern Munich, they're no uh, Dortmund, so. I mean, good luck to him, but yeah, I, I didn't think we were ever going to get him on a permanent. Mm-hmm. Luke Freeman, he's gone, and so long. Thanks for your minor contributions. I I just didn't think he was ever going to really factor into this team. Um, not at that, not at that uh, like center midfield position. No, Lisa Musay, really so long. Bye, bye. Yeah. Remember, I so f- go back and listen to our preview before the season started, and we were saying some ridiculous things. This just shows you how bad our takes can be sometimes, Chad, because I think we were saying that Lise Mousset was going to get 15 goals, that it was going to be a renaissance year for him, uh, and here he is, gone. Uh, definitely oh, didn't did. want to play for that new contract, I'll tell you that much. All he did was pack on the pounds while he – what he playing, like? three or four, maybe six games for us this year. Yeah. See ya. We don't need you anymore, anywhere near this club. I think it was Blades Pod that noted that he did have the highest uh, goals to minutes ratio than a United player this season. <laughs> of course he did. Of course yeah. he did. Yeah. In his limited time. Connor Hurahan, it's the end of the loan for him obviously uh and he is going to be on a free if we want him um the problem is is do we want to pay those wages we'll see uh i've seen a lot of united fans say no wouldn't have him back for another season i personally would i just think he is a good backup center mid and i think he can fill in for that norwood position if norwood gets injured i think they're very similar in the style that they play yeah and i didn't think he had a terrible loan spell with us personally ahead now when it started off it was a little rocky but then he kind of figured it out and once he got his footing i mean he was good for us down the stretch he he nailed the goal right there at the end of the season so i mean 
I'm all right with it. If if we can get him back on a free and his wages aren't too like outrageous, you know, yeah. take a flyer on him for maybe just give ink him a one year deal and, and say, hey, you already know this team. You slot right in, you know. Let's see what you I, got. You know, I read he was on thirty thousand pound a week. If that's the case, we we can't afford those wages. No way, no, no way. way in hell. Yeah, but you got to think. I just can't see any team right now wanting to pay that. He's not going to get back into the prem. No team's going to want to pay that in the championship. No team can afford to pay that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could sign. He could probably sign for like Burnley, but you know, Burnley don't doesn't have that much money to spend although i'm hearing like contradicting reports of they don't have any money to have money so who knows what their situation is but yeah i could see him signing for a team like that that's could possibly challenge to go back up next year yeah yeah definitely and last but certainly certainly not least david mcgoldrick leaving on a free his contract has expired not re-signing david mcgoldrick did see what a player what a player yep. for United. He signed on a trialist basis for United in, what was it, 20, 2018? Yeah, 2017, 2018. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and God, what a player he was for us. And, uh, I mean, there's so many good memories. I don't want to go through all of them. Um, one of my favorites in an absolute shit season, an absolute shit game even, um, he scored probably one of my favorite goals of all of last season. And that was that goal against Arsenal, I believe. And what a goal that was. What do yeah. you want to, I, I, again, we're kind of emulating what, what blades pod did here, but uh, do you want to talk about one of your favorite moments from, I'd, from the goal I'd have to echo that, or I mean, he, he scored a bunch against a bunch of big name teams in that shit season we had. I mean, and he was our top school scorer in, in player of the season. So when we were at our worst, he was at his best. And I would have liked to see him healthy all through this season. Cause if he didn't get hurt, man, I just wonder where he would be, where we would have finished with him in the side. Man, that would have been nuts. I well, I don't know. I I think he added a lot this like even this season, I think he, he didn't score a lot of goals, but I think he definitely did add something. But I think we really kind of found our best. Our, our one of our best 11s towards the end those last three games and then into the playoffs you know yeah. not even having a, an out and out striker but um yeah and I, I another moment that i just want to highlight is you know he finally got a goal in front of the fans in the premier league last season on the final day was that against burnley i can't remember yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah. yeah and i remember going crazy when when that happened and yeah I, in in a season that was awful, David McGoldrick in that 2020, 2021 season was such a highlight. So, you know, right off into the sunset, you beautiful bastard, and good luck wherever you wind up. I, I, to be honest, I think he'll end up in the championship. I think he'll end up maybe on a team that's either just coming up from League One that's not Sunderland. Maybe Ravram will take him just right up the road, yeah. or maybe a, a contending League One side. Yeah. I mean, I read somewhere where there's a handful of clubs that are already interested in him, but I think his recovery is slower than originally expected. So that's where it got like a little gray on our side. 
and we just released him because they I don't think he he's gonna be ready for the start of this season. I think his recovery is that slow. So, you know, it's better if we just got him off and, you know, kind of let him go and let him do his recovery. But we we were letting him still come back and, and recover with us. So that's good good on the part of the club, you know. Yeah. Yeah. One rumor that I'll just kind of address really quickly here. I'm going to fuck this up so bad, but Horder Magnussen, he's a center back from from Moscow. He's going to be available on a free transfer, and I've heard that we're in for him. So by all accounts, a solid left center back, but he can play anywhere in, you know, in the back line. And I I don't know if we can, you know, if we can get him for the right wages, could be a good signing as and more coverage in on the back left center back. I don't know if he'd start over Jackie Longthrow, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I like this time of year because you hear everybody and anybody's named tagged us or yeah. any club you support, and it's crazy because I think most of the players that I've seen us uh, linked to are all defenders, and we haven't really had any you know, like attacking players kind of, or midfield players kind of like I thought we would be looking for, but you know, until they're holding up a blades shirt with a picture and they, they do that weird, we sign this person. That's when I'll believe it. Until now it's all rumors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other rumor that I'm hearing is Gavin Bazunu from, from man city. He was at Portsmouth last year. And he had, a, he had a decent season for them, but I mean, as a backup, I don't. I, I you got to stick with your hot your hot hand, and that's that's Wes. So, yep. Any other rumors that you want to address? Deion no, Sanderson? I guess. Yeah, the, I mean that's that's looming, but I've read online a lot of Blade supporters are like, "Hey, he spurned us twice in two windows. He obviously doesn't want to go here." And Wolves are going to sell him. They don't want to loan him. So just let him go where he wants to go. He, you know, if it was a betting man, I'd probably put him going to Sunland. But, you know, it is what it is. If we throw enough money at him, we could maybe turn his, turn his eye to us. But I don't really feel like forcing a guy, if you, especially if he turned us down twice, just forcing him to go here. You know, you never know what you could be getting with him. Yeah. He was hurt. He was hurt a bunch last year, so he hasn't been as healthy as he was prior season. So, you know, we'll have to see what ha- would happen with that. That'd be another factor to take in. So, I don't know. It's tough to say. Tough to say right now. Well, I think we did a good job covering, you know, our transfers out and uh, a couple of rumors. You know, we'll have some more information before we get into our season in review part of our podcast here. United released their preseason schedule, and we're starting off in Portugal, and that's where we're going to be doing our our training camp. So, should be fun for the boys. Some fun in the sun. Yeah, fun in the sun. Get everybody back to shape out of the bars and out of the clubs with all the women's. And you know, let's get back on the training pitch and let's get back to business because it as as long as it already feels. The off season, we're only what about a we're only what seven weeks away from the season starting. Yeah, yeah, it'll go Nuts. by like that. It'll go by quickly. I mean, we'll get to July really quickly here. 
Mm-hmm. And our first game is against Lincoln City. It's on July 12th. And that's going to be behind closed doors. So, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know if we're going to even be able to watch that game. We might. No, I, I doubt it. If it's going to be behind closed doors, I I think it'll just be, you know, one of those deals that you'll be able to follow on Twitter. But hopefully yeah. the rumor is we might be picking up one or two games in Portugal while we're there against a couple of top, you know, Portuguese sides not sporting Lisbon or the other team, Porto. Benfica, oh. but probably either Porto either. But you know, a decent a decent team in that top league would would give give us a, a certain challenge. So that's something you want straight out the gates. But I like the rest of our schedule. You know, after Lincoln City, Scunthorpe's on there. Then we got Burton, and we got Barnsley relatively, you know, we should go and win all those games. And you, you'd like to think that we're going to have a ton of squad rotation in all those games because some of those games are back-to-back. I think the Burton and Barnsley game are back-to-back days. Right. So, yeah, I mean, those are something – You, I mean, this is how we get the boys back in training and back in shape is playing these, you know, quick turnaround games. So, I like those. Those are all obviously winnable games because all, all those teams are – below us in the league so we should do our business and handle them definitely excited i'm excited though i'm excited you know when i saw this i got a little giddy it's like okay when's the first one oh good i won't be able to watch it because it will not be on tv great so i have to wait for the next one oh that's to be determined oh great so i'll have to wait till oh okay but i'm still excited we'll have to re-up on our uh, sutv season pass again Yep. Once they pass it around, I'll be one of the first ones to sign it up for Kevin Gage next season. (laughs) So let's get into our season in review. And um, I just, I want to credit, I think it was Andrew Roy from Blades Pod who posted a list um, that we're going to be utilizing in order to kind of break down our season and, you know, the good and the bad. So credit to him and thanks for that Reddit post. And uh, a lot of this isn't going to be surprising. I mean, you watched the same games that we did all season. So let's start off with player of the season. And I think it's pretty obvious who both of us are going to say. Morgan Gibbs White has to be, has to be. 23 goal contributions this year, either a goal or an assist, I believe. And, you know, far and away, our most talented player um, worked well with pretty much everybody, whether it was Illiman and Jai, whether it was Billy Sharp, Sander Bedegay. I mean, just what a player he is. I mean, there's rumors that he's going to be going to Forest now. I don't know. I don't think that they're going to have the money to spend on, on a Morgan Gibbs White, but we know that the Wolves supporters like are not super enthusiastic about him coming back um so maybe he'll go out on loan again this time to a premier club but yeah what a player he is and i would have him back at the lane anytime yeah i mean uh i echo everything you said but i mean i don't think we'll see a player like this you know i hope we do because then that means you know we're a better side but it's just how much influence he had in the game and the games where he wasn't in, you could really tell we were missing him. And then, you know, he, he had his bad, bad run of form, you know, obviously every player is going to, but just that he could link up with anybody and he wasn't scared to do anything and take on challenges by, uh, by himself, man, what a player that was, man, I'm going to miss the law firm a hundred percent. 
and one of the greatest nicknames ever delivered the law firm. I, you know, we're going to have to come up with a new nickname for one of the new players we bring in. We'll be working on that for sure. I think I'll, I'll also want to see them play a little bit before I decide definitively on a nickname, unless they've got a, a fun name like Morgan Gibbs White that sounds like a law firm, unless it's like sort of obvious like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. What about your signing of the season, Chad? Well, I mean, can we really consider – I mean, who do we really sign? I mean, a goalkeeper? <laughs> um, I mean, we – I mean, if we're talking about signing the season, it has to be the law firm again. You know, I mean, on a loan, albeit on a loan, I mean, we could say Robin Olsen, how great of a signing that was. Um, I've got one. I've got one. And this counts because we did sign him to a new contract this season. Illumin and Jaye. Oh, yeah, true. True. Very true. That's a good one. That is a good one. Slip through the back door. And see, I was like, man, he's going to say somebody. Because you started and I was like, somebody got extended here. We could have said Billy because he got extended one year. <laughs> yeah, but I feel I feel like Illumin and Jaya is more significant because, you know, I mean, this is his first real senior contract, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and I to to his credit. The prince was right. You know, he said it was going to feel like a, you know, a, a, a permanent, like it's, it was going to feel like a, a permanent signing from another club because he got signed, he got brought up and, you know, immediately started contributing. In his yeah, first didn't game. He, yeah, I was going to say, didn't he score a goal in his first game? I think he scored two in his, in his first game against Peter. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was an instant, it was an instant good signing. Like, oh, okay. The prince knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What about the best performance of the season? And I have two, but I want to hear yours first, Chad. Uh, there's two that I have, but I'll, I'll limit it to one. I'm going to say the Fulham game at the end of the season, albeit Fulham were on the beach after about 20 minutes. But to see us put four past them and not get a goal – conceded actually we put five if you take the reverse fixture during the season at craven cottage beat them one nil there and then beat them four nil at our place five nil aggregate yeah that that last match of the season albeit you know we had to do everything we could to get into the playoffs and we just went out there and beat their ass that is our my best performance of the season yeah so I have three games that I want to talk about now that you've mentioned the 4-0 at home against Fulham. I want to talk about that 4-1 win over Boro, which was brilliant. I mean, Wilder's first trip back to the lane, you know, since he left on mutual consent. And barring one West slip, that is a 4-0 drubbing, absolute mm-hmm. drubbing of uh, at uh, aside at, at that point that was you know very very good and pegged to to go up through the playoff at that point you know mm-hmm. i also want to talk about the reverse fixture from the one that you talked about and uh that was the one nil victory at craven cottage against fulham i mean that goal from Illumin and jaye 
was phenomenal, like arguably one of the best goals of the season, in my humble opinion. I mean, it were it not for the goal that I'm going to bring up in a little bit here when we talk about our goal of the season, you know, and maybe a couple Morgan Gibbs white goals. I think that that's definitely one. He just ran for, what was it, 40 yards? Probably yeah. 40 yards with the ball before slotting it in. I mean, yep. unreal. And then for us to just, I don't want to say park the bus because I, I mean, I feel like I said that when we did our review, our review podcast of that game, but for us to just hold on and not concede, like try, 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 try and not concede and go on to win that game one nil against far and away, even back then. I mean, they were far and away the best team in the league. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. And and that was kind of the sky was falling. We're going to get relegated to League One type two or type deal where, you know, we needed to win this. This was a must win game, all this before Christmas. And we went out and, you know, got that goal, won the game, and the rest is history. And so, yeah, that was a, I, I'd like to say that was the season defining game, you know. That's where you kind of we kind of sacked up and said, "All right, we're gonna be in this. We're just not gonna lay down this early in the season and just be a, like a mediocre championship side." You know, we were like, "Okay, we're gonna come out and show everybody we were on Sky." You know, we're gonna come out here and show them that hey, we're gonna give up. We're gonna give promotion a serious chance, and we did. Definitely, definitely, and you know, of course, right after that, all of the Christmas fixtures were called off right when we were like on the best form of our season in my humble opinion like we were unstoppable pretty much mm-hmm. in, in, in that you know those few fixtures but um yeah what a moment that was and then the last game that i want to talk about and not even the last game um the last half i should say of one game that i want to talk about is that 3-1 win against qpr away i mean for us to come back in the fashion that we did with, you know, Illiman and Jaye, Jack Robinson getting that headed goal. Um, and that was a must-win game. You know, if we were going to get into the playoffs, that was obviously a game that we had to win. And after going down in the first half, the and I said this on the podcast at the time, the testicular fortitude that we needed to exhibit in order to get a result there um, and get the win, moreover, it was just phenomenal. Just, yeah. I was going to say... This was the game. This was our best performance, but then I went to the Fulham game. But, yeah, every time I think back, it's a tale of two halves. We came out and just ran them off the pitch in the second half. So, I mean, that's kind of when it started this, you know, snowball downhill, gaining momentum all the way into the playoffs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Goal of the season, I think I know what both of us are going to say, and it's probably the same goal. It's already been said by multiple people, but it kind of has to be that ball duck goal against Swansea, right? Oh, yeah. The absolute piss missile of a goal. He and said I think it, that's folks. When we, he said it. That's when I coined the phrase piss missile is when uh, old Georgie Ball Duck, Greece's Georgie Ball Duck, slammed one home. Yeah, that was uh, – by far. I think that won the club goal of the season too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an alternative goal of the season? Mm, probably that Ilum and Jai goal against Fulham because it was just – he just picked the ball up and he turned the defenders inside out and he made a run from, what do we say, 40 yards and just slotted it home. 
So, yeah, that's that is a close second. And I mean, I think it's probably closer than a lot of people would think. Like, oh, Baldock's was by far the best goal. I don't know, man. I, those are the two goals that go back and forth in in my head of our best goals, and that's it. Could be like a one A one B type deal for me. Yeah, yeah. I one of my other favorite goals from this season has to be in in that game that we won at home against Boro. That little flick goal that that Morgan Gibbs White scored, where yeah. he just kind of like flicked it. Like, I mean, the quality, the absolute brilliant quality you have to do. I have to have in order to do something like that, like was unreal. Um, he was one. He was one for the theatrics and the flair. And that's like most of his goals that he scored, they had some type of flair to him at some point. Yeah. What about? Okay, this might not be like you know a goal of the season as far as like the quality of the goal itself, but the timing of the goal like couldn't be beat. Ben Davies goal against Blackburn Rovers at home. Yeah. Yeah. In the 92nd minute after we went down after Charlie good, like did that two footed slide tackle and completely almost broke. I can't even remember who it was ankles. Charlie be bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one name. I never thought I'd see on the score sheet is Ben Davies. But I mean, that was when, you felt, you know, because we were still adrift from the playoffs there, and we were starting to gain a bit of momentum in that game. I remember how huge that game was, and the fact that we came out and he hits that last-minute winner. Oh, man. Yeah, that that was – I remember the behind the blades and how loud Bramall Lane was when that goal went in. And didn't we come out the next game and be flat as hell at home? Didn't we have back-to-back games at home? Weren't we flat in the second one or something like that? No, the next game was against Millwall, and we lost thanks to a a Jake Cooper goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, see, we we won that game, and then we came out in the next game and lost, and we're like, we're on such a high, and then we're on such a low. And it's like, wow, man. The back to I mean, we had several games that were kind of back to back like that. You know, we go and beat Boro four four one, and then you get, get absolutely turned over by Coventry in the next game, mm-hmm. not a few yep. days later. Oh boy, yeah, yep. So, best team we played this season. I mean, I, I think it's got to be Coventry. Like, and they had us figured out basically from kickoff. Yeah, Coventry are a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Bournemouth. Although I, I could see us getting we, – we deserve something out of the first game. We deserved at least a draw, and we were unlucky not to get the win in the second leg or the second fixture. I just think there was something about Bournemouth, and obviously we beat Fulham twice, so they weren't the best team. But it's just something about Bournemouth to me. Had They have, like, Premier League players – in the championship, a.k.a. kind of like Fulham do. And it's just like when we weren't able to hang with them because that first Bournemouth game, we were, okay, let's see what we got. No, we lost 2-1. Okay, and then we go and play them to a stalemate, which the refs just screwed us on the second one. But 
Yeah, we can count how many times the ref screwed us this year. But yeah, I think that, Bournemouth was was the best side. the The first game that we played against Bournemouth, Bournemouth was still under Slav. So oh, was it? I thought Hecky yeah. took over on that. No, I think he- the, our first game with Hecky in charge was. I want to. I want to say it was when we beat uh, Bristol City two nil. Or is that two? Wait, yeah, yeah. Because um, Slav's last game was against Reading, and and we won one nil. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was a full, basically two months before. Yeah, I think Bournemouth is also probably a pretty good shout. I I don't know if they're gonna have success in the Premier League next season. It depends on who they can bring in in this off season, but we'll see. We'll definitely see. Worst team we played. Ooh, Luton. And they finished, what, sixth? Yeah, I knew Luton you were, were absolutely Luton. terrible. Yeah, Luton were terrible. You got to think, too. Mm, yeah, I'd have to go with Luton because you got like, you know, we beat, we beat Post 6-2. You could say that, but I just Luton, when we played them, they were just bad. I don't know how they just kept grinding out results and staying in the playoffs. I just don't know. I, I just think Luton were the worst team we played. Yeah, certainly not in the reverse fixture and, and you know, very early in the season. I mean, we played them to a draw, a, a nil-nil draw, and I think we only had like one shot on target all game. And I mean, we had the majority of possession. And they were just like playing, basically trying to play counterattacking football on us because we were still playing three at the front, if memory serves correctly. And that was not a fun game to watch, if I remember. But yeah, when when they came to the lane, I mean, the the two nil scoreline, I don't really think reflected just how dominant we were in that game. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. And it's just I don't know how they were up there. Like I said, I just they looked completely out of the game like we could have put how many how many did we score in that reverse fixture two two yeah, yeah we beat him two nil we could have probably and that was before a red card they, yeah. and and remember they they uh yeah they had a player who took a straight red so um yeah yeah so who do you think was the best player that we played against this season i will go back to a team that you said was the best team we played Callum O'Hare. Callum O'Hare. Because we talked about, we were kind of bouncing this off each other before we recorded. And you brought up a player that I didn't even, what we couldn't figure out the name of, or couldn't figure out what the player was. But Callum O'Hare in that Coventry game just absolutely shredded us. I mean, it was like, that was it. Every time he got on the ball, you figured, okay, either this is going to be a chance or it's going to be a goal. And yeah. pretty much every time he had it, that's what it resulted in. So if we didn't have the two fixtures against Forrest in the playoff, I probably would have said Dejed Spence. But, I mean, the way Norrington Davies shut down Spence in that second leg, I mean, really admirable stuff. Yep. And if, yep. if I, I doubt we're going to see Spence again in the championship next season, but if he does go back to Boro and play another season at Boro, I mean, it's nice to know that uh, that Reese Norrington Davies can basically take him and put him in his back pocket. Yeah. So here's probably the most important question that I want to ask you, Chad. Out of ten, how would you rate this season? Um, I'd have to go with a seven point two. 
out of 10. Okay. Okay. Specific. Yeah. Specific. So 72 yeah. out of 100. Okay. Okay. Um, You know, obviously the end product didn't end up where we all wanted it to. We were competitive. If I would have just give us, based on where we were heading with Slav, we would have probably been about a, a 4.7. The revitalization that Hecky did just completely turned us around. We lost, what, twice at home? I mean, not counting the forest leg in the playoffs. We lost twice at home. So, I mean, there's something to say about that. He got our back line organized. Our attack was more where we want it to be. I mean, obviously, we have a lot of room to grow next year. And, you know, obviously losing the law firm is going to be a big, you know, big shoes to fill. But, I mean, I think we were okay. I think we were about average, you know, Caesar average. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say 7.5. Obviously, we, it it was two missed pens away from reaching the playoff final pretty much. So I I have to say like the set, if you, if we're going to rate the first half of the season, you know, I'm going to say it's a 4.5. Okay. If we're going to rate the second half of the season, I'm going to say it's an 8.9, you know, I mean, I I just thought it was a tale of, of two halves of the season and Mm -hmm. sure we had little, you know, we had little stretches where we didn't do great in that second half of the season, you know, where we'd go uh, like two or three games without, without getting three points on the board. But at the same time, it was just enjoyable to watch. I mean, we went out there every game for the most part and looked like we might, we might come out winners almost every game. There's only a handful of games that we weren't really in. I'm thinking about that Coventry game and that game against Millwall. Both of those yeah. games in that second half of the season, um, those are the only two really that I just felt like we weren't in and we couldn't have gotten something from. Yeah. Oh, agreed. I mean, and, and, under, go on. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I, that's, that's what you want to see. You just want to, you want to see the compete. And we certainly had that compete and that second half of the season. And it's been said by multiple, multiple folks, uh, you know, in the news media and on other blades podcasts, but we found our, our identity again, that identity that was like sorely lacking under Slav and that we didn't have, that we hadn't had, you know, I'd say since that first premier league season under Wilder, you know, because yeah. obviously we could, we didn't, you can't have much of an identity without an atmosphere. And, you know, we know who we are now. Yeah. And in that first half of the season, especially under Slap, it was so boring to watch. So boring. And then Hecky, it's not like Hecky had to be a like a world beater or, or just change the culture or change the team entirely. All he did was go back to the system that the players we have at the team know how to play. And look at what happened. We got results, and we started to claw our way up the table. And the clean sheets came, and we started playing more cohesive. The goals started flowing in. That's all he had to do. But Slav wanted to come in and do his his part and try and change try and change the the side into something, you know, like his Fulham teams. And it wasn't going to work because we didn't have the players like that. We don't have those skillful players. We were set up to play our system under Wilder, and that's what he installed in these players. 
And that's where we were at. And that's what that's what ended up getting us where we were in the season. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Blades player that you'd happily drive to another club. And I think we're probably going to have the same answer for this one, too. But it has to be Ollie McBurney. He just he just has not added anything, really. Got himself injured towards the end of the season. And, you know, I, he's 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 a problem both on and off the field. And yep. if it was a if it was just a problem off the field, then I might be a little bit more forgiving. But the fact that he can't back up anything on the field hasn't scored a, a goal for us in how long in the league? I mean, it's been years at this point. And yeah. considering we paid twenty million for him, I just we can't justify it anymore. So I mean, if there's some way that we can release him or you know, get him out of the side. I just, I see him riding pine the whole season if he stays, or maybe we just send him out on loan. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. Just get him out of the club because all he does is, as you said, just causes trouble. I mean, he's just terrible. And like, did you have to stomp on the player or the person or the fan or whoever it was after they stormed the field at the city ground? No, you didn't. You're just being a dumbass and I don't know. I'm just done with him. I wish we could just terminate his contract and say, see you later, go somewhere else, but that's not going to happen. And I, you know, we'll just move on. You know, I'd agree with you. Just ride in pine or send him out alone, please. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So which position do you think we need to strengthen the most during this transfer window? If I had to say, and I probably think our, our thoughts are going to be similar. Obviously, we're going to have the strength in the midfield because losing the, the law firm. And I think we need to bring some more attackers in, strikers. I know. Because – said, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we said it before, like at the beginning of the season, we had an embarrassment of riches, you know, as far as strikers were concerned. Now, I don't know if I'd call them riches, but and we had <laughs> a lot of – I don't even want to say serviceable. We had a lot of yep. strikers. Yep. None of them were it's very true. good. None of them were very good or turned out to be very good for us. But we did have a lot of strikers. And now, I mean, it's Billy and Brewster um, who are going to be our striking core next season, really, our starting striking core. And then, you know, slotting Illumin and Jaya probably right behind the two of them. Yeah. And I mean... Where do you go from there? So, yeah, we definitely need to reload that room because Jebison, let's get him out on a loan. Let's put him probably somewhere in the back half of the championship and, you know, let him have a whole entire season and then think about bringing him back. You know, maybe we get two or three more because especially if we get McBurney out on loan, then we have a chance to, you know, there's two spots we can fill. Because I'd like to have probably like, is it too much to ask for five strikers in our yeah. striker room? I'd like to get yeah. three more. Ho- hopefully, Millwall will take Ollie Burke um, off our hands. Oh know, yeah, for, I forgot about him. Oh, for minimum yeah, money, hopefully. yeah, yeah, and then we can get maybe a couple strikers on loan. I take Jed Wallace, man. He's a free. I believe he's a free agent, but he's going for big money to. I think Turkey. I think he's rumored to go, but Jed Walsh oh, really? would be a good would be a good um, 
player for a good striker. I mean, he knows the championship. He scored a bundle of goals for Millwall. So, but yeah. Center back is, is another area that I think we need to get one to two more in. Mm, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Cause we are a bit thin back there too. You know, that's why I said most of the rumors I've been seeing are defenders and yeah. center backs are, are seem to be, you know, the name of the game that we're looking for. So, Right. Good that we're because you know forty. We got to run forty six games again next year. We're gonna yeah. have injuries, and our defenders are not getting any younger. So true. Very very true. Speaking of next season, where do you think the Blades are gonna finish next season? I know it's an early, early, early take, but with our current squad, okay, maybe bringing in one or two not phenomenal players, like one, just one or two. Barring, you know, another Morgan Gibbs White is what I'm saying. Where do you think we're going to finish next season? I'll probably keep us somewhere around the playoffs. I'd say sick. If I had a ballpark, ballpark it, I'd ballpark from like sixth to eighth is where I see us right now. I'd lean us more towards eighth right now. But, you know, we get it based on who we, we bring in, if we do bring anybody in. We could go as high as fifth or fourth. I don't think we're going to challenge for automatic promotion. We're going to have to do it the hard way through the playoffs. But, yeah, I'd have to tab us at sixth to eighth, probably eighth if I had to go to a definite spot. Yeah. I right At present, I'm going to say probably top ten for sure, but I don't think any higher than seventh if yeah. we don't bring anybody in with the current yeah. squad. Because, I mean, we just – that's how big of a factor Morgan Gibbs-White was in the squad this season. So – Yep. And, and if, also, bar, yeah. barring injuries, you know, like like you said, I mean, how many play – we lost three of our, you know, either goal scorers or most creative players down the stretch, you know? I mean, we lost David McGoldrick, we lost Brewster, and we lost Bogle, who – in my humble opinion, is probably one of our more creative players down down that wing. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But I mean, say if if the law firm was ours, I'd probably have us finishing first or second next year. I'd have I'd hundred percent would have us back to be automatic promotion. Because what was going to stop us? I mean, aside from injury, yeah, I think we'd have a pretty good chance. Yep, definitely. Hot take for next season, Chad. Brewster plays the whole season. I I said something very similar. I said (laughs) Brewster will be our best player next season. Yeah. I I just want him to finish the whole season. And he's going to get goals next year because we're just going to have to force him into getting goals. So he'll be probably pretty good. I mean, he probably... He's probably going to bang 10 or 12, I would imagine, if he plays a full season and doesn't get injured. But, yeah, that's probably my hot take is Brewster plays the whole season. Yeah. So here are my hot takes besides Brewster gonna be is going to be our best player next season. If we can get two decent loan signings, this is a team that can finish autos. Now, I didn't say good or great. I said decent. Like, if we can get a decent midfielder, and a decent attacking player, whether that's, you know, a player similar to Illumin and Jaye or better than Illumin and Jaye, I think we can get autos. But 
with that being said, it, it's going to be interesting to see the Burnley team that comes down first and foremost. Um, and it's also going to be interesting to see, you know, how Watford and Norwich fare. I, I don't think all three are going back up next season. There's no, no way. There's no way. I I think this you're not going to have a runaway like Fulham was this year. And I mean, for the most part, you see Bournemouth. I mean, Forrest almost tracked and gone at the end of the season. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be a really competitive first and second might be decided in like the last three weeks of the season next year. I don't think it's going to be something to where, you know, there's teams miles ahead and the rest of them is just a chasing pack. I think this is going to be a really hotly contested division next year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think the quality of football is going to be necessarily better, but I do think it will be closer. I mean, obviously Bournemouth and Fulham were, just so far ahead of the pack for a good portion of the season until Forrest started kind of clawing their way up the table and trying to challenge Bournemouth for that auto position. But yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there, Chad. Yeah, I I I could see it. I don't know. What if Fulham end up with like 90 points? Yeah. We could probably 91, see like right. We could probably see the, the league champion with like 85 points, 80 points, because at some point this Norwich team is going to. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, we had some technical difficulties here. So, Chad, go ahead and finish up your thoughts on next season. I was going to say, I, I think like 85 points to 80 points will be, you know, a, a champion. Norwich is going to be turned over. They've got to at some point. They can't be doing this yo-yo thing. They don't have the funds for it. And then Watford, the same thing. You know, I think Watford and Burnley are probably going to be the two teams that don't go up from last season. And, you know, Norwich are just kind of hang around and, and eventually probably get themselves up. But, yeah, I, I think this thing's going to be way wide open and really competitive. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I'm really, really looking forward to next season. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. Hey, Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. And you can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at cjarvis13. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at sunpuck on Instagram, and then at Nestman930 on Twitter. If you haven't done so, please go ahead and follow this podcast on Twitter, at Red Sheffield, and then on Facebook, at The Red Half of Sheffield. And we're going to um, kind of figure out what our next step is here. We might produce some content, uh, either reviewing an old game or just kind of talking about some other subjects besides Strictly Blades football. We'll, we'll kind of figure it out. But posted in the, like the next two weeks and we should have some new content coming up for you but until then chad up the blades up the blades come on you red and white wizards